Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live, you can go there. You can uh, put stories up so that we'll see them and other people will see them. You can vote other people's stories up. They can vote your stories up or down. It's freetalklive.com. It is as interactive as the radio program is, but there's some kind of big news in the Liberty community today. Actually, um, there's quite a bit of news, but this one I thought uh, would deserve the first go. Now, I don't have a lot of uh, information on this story. It seems to be you know, difficult to tell exactly what's going on, but it would appear as though Adam Kokesh and the uh, Kokesh versus the Man show have been canceled from RT. I don't know what else is going to happen. Um, I have heard that there's an opportunity for maybe the show is going to be picked back up in a week or so, but that doesn't mean, you know, <laughs> this is rumor, folks. Uh, I hear that the cancellation is not rumor, and the fact that it'll be picked up would be, or the, the idea that it would be picked up would be a rumor. But I guess it happened because Kokesh um, I, I said something, encouraged people to donate to the Ron Paul campaign. How would donating, you know, su- suggesting that people donate to a, uh, a political person that you support be some kind of violation of SEC rules? Well, um, there's a lot of rules that people don't know about. How, yeah. Look at how many laws there are in the books that nobody even heard of. Yeah. I mean, it very well could be a rule that you can't do it. I don't I don't know. I mean, um, here's a post from the dailypaul.com where somebody who uh, appears to be sort of in the know um, FBI exposer is his uh, nom de plume, and he's pretty rough on Kokesh in this, as as though Kokesh should know what all the bizarre words are that are written by the the politicians about um, you know campaigns and things like that. I mean, how why in the world should he know? Why shouldn't he be able to get on a television show and say, "I think you should vote for this guy or that guy"? Isn't it funny how a lot of those campaign finance so-called reform laws? are written by the people who want to stay in power. Oh, that's absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's ludicrous to have lawmakers make the laws on campaign, on campaign finance. It's nuts. If, you know, at the very least, if you're thinking of using this paradigm, you should have a whole nother body of people that don't live in Washington, D.C. They actually, they, they're housed in Topeka or something mm-hmm. like that. And, you have them make the laws on what the politicians have to to go by. If you were going to even use that paradigm, I frankly think that uh, poli- that that government should be so small that uh, that it doesn't matter what the rules are for getting elected. Well, those people can be bought too. They would be able to be bought, no doubt. Mm. But it would be a little harder. It's a little. I mean, at this point, instead of getting a different group of criminals to regulate the criminals, you have the criminals regulating themselves. So, <laughs> I, I, admittedly, I agree with you, Wayne. This uh, FBI exposer fellow says that, um, you know, I, that Kokesh effed up, that uh, the Ron Paul campaign reacted in a manner that uh, they were forced to react by Kokesh's mistake and the legal matter that uh, Kokesh precipitated. And, I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I, I didn't I didn't know this rule either. I mean, I could have just as easily have done something like this. And it looks like this is being done because of an SEC filing by one of these uh, patriot groups that uh, doesn't like Russia Today, the television or RT, mm-hmm. uh, which used to be called Russia Today, doesn't like them because they are funded by Russia. Now, the fact is, 
that whatever Russia today is doing, uh, you know, putting out a they're putting <laughs> they're putting out a television channel that anybody can pick up, any any group can pick up if they want to. Just like Al Jazeera, and they're funding them with uh, with uh, with government funds. I don't think Al Jazeera is funded by government, but they, you know, the United States has been doing this for decades. Radio Free Europe. Yeah, all this. <laughs> the United States has been putting out radio, uh, radio. I assume television too, and b- bombarding the East Bloc and and, Ru- and Russia and the Soviet Union with this stuff. So the idea that that the Russia Today does it doesn't bother me. Um, I mean, they're. All they're doing is opening opening up to other voices. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to get a voice heard that believes in peace, freedom, and personal responsibility. Because frankly, the government is against all of those things. The government is against peace, freedom, and personal responsibility. The United States government, frankly, the Russian government, and all governments, they don't want those things. War is the health of the state. Freedom is the opposite of government and uh, personal responsibility. Why would the government want you to have personal responsibility? If you had personal responsibility, you wouldn't need them for anything. Mm-hmm. So um, and number three is uh, Ron Paul can't say anything to anyone about this legal matter, least of all RT or Kokesh, because of uh, the situation as it stands. The media is awaiting the campaign to make a wrong move. And I, I suspect that the, the mainstream media is waiting on Ron Paul to really step in it. Um, no doubt about that. The uh, Kokesh was forced to resign from RT because he was the cause of the legal matter that RT now finds itself embroiled in. And like I said, it uh, this is totally, you know, this guy's totally anti-Kokesh <laughs> in this thing here. Um, six posters from uh, whatever, uh, posters like from Jericho on DP, is now baiting the campaign to legally embroil itself in this matter. Who knows why? Some DPers, um, this is Daily Paul, including, I'm certain, both genuine RP and Kokesh supporters with genuine concern as well as uh, establishment plants who want to hurt the campaign are whipping up the froth and division uh, advertently or inadvertently to try to get the campaign to engage in something they shouldn't so the media can take advantage of the situation to go after Ron Paul. And I, I would agree that the more important scenario here is, is you know, the Ron Paul campaign as opposed to the uh, the Kokesh situation. If he's talented enough, um, his show will be picked up someplace else. It stinks to get fired. I've been fired in radio. If you haven't been fired in radio, uh, you're not really in radio. Wayne, you been fired in radio yet? <laughs> you're fired. I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um you know, it's it, it, it's a tough scenario. I I I feel for Kokesh if this is if this is remotely close to the truth. I feel for him because how in the world is he supposed to know this stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's not like they give you courses in these things. It's not like they tell you this stuff. It's not like you have any idea. If he said, "I recommend you vote uh, donate to the Ron Paul campaign," then what he was doing he was speaking his heart. He likely has done so the um, the, uh, as, the same as he recommends. He is an ex-military guy, and if you take all the donations from all military individuals, I think it was from Q2, but likely it's true for Q right now and Q1 and all that, you'll find that Ron Paul was donated more to than any other candidate. He was donated to more than any Republican. More than all of them put together from what I saw. I, I, I don't know if it was... Uh, Obama and all the Republicans put together, but I can tell you that it was more than Obama and it was more than all the Republicans put together. So it was it was quite a bit more 
than all the Republicans. It could very well, it's close to what we're saying there. You know, I find Russia today rather interesting because I, I think it's really ironic that the Russians now are providing media that's actually more truth-based than the American media is. Everybody used to always think the America, American media was so good and Walter Cronkite would tell it like it is. And we find out it's all a bunch of baloney. It's all propaganda. It's, it's, it's um, very, very slanted. I, I don't know that I... You know, so Russia Today is putting lots of stuff on the air, and they appear to be slinging whatever they can at the wall and hoping that whatever sticks, sticks. Mm-hmm. They appear to be just putting out stuff to be sort of derisive. The, the truth is not their highest goal. Right, I'm but sure they can they use know, the truth as a weapon. I'm sure that they know the truth is valuable, whereas uh, you know lies can be exposed. But frankly, governments have been using lies, uh, you know, as tools for a very long time. The United States, if the United States has been using its propaganda tools in the, the you know the Soviet bloc or wherever you know over there in Eastern Europe and that kind of thing, in order to tell the truth against the Russian government, I support that. And if the Russian government is using its propaganda tools to tell the truth against the United States government here in the United States. I support that. And I think that anybody who doesn't like RT because they're from Russia is a jingoistic nationalist. Mm -hmm. Somebody who's not worthy of living in the United States because they're not they're not able to even ask themselves tough questions. They're not patriots. They're just jingoists. Foolish. They're very foolish. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. In a world where government control is on the wane and freedom can be bought for a reasonable price, one man will unite with a former public transportation worker, a shady senator's runaway daughter, two orphans, a retired space marine, an alien, and an intelligent spider, and journey together beyond the outer reaches of human civilization to protect the future of human liberty. Also, there are space cows. Read it online now at burningrockranch.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. You can call in, take control of the show, talk about what you want to talk about. By take control, I mean talk about what you want to talk about. We'll talk back to you. It's not like you're going to turn off the mics and go home after you start talking or anything like that. (laughs) It's Mark with you. And Wayne. Go check out freetalklive.com. We have uh, option, many options there for you to listen to the program. Not only are we on 109 great radio stations across the United States. I think it might be 110. More than 100 great radio stations across the United States. We also have the live stream there for you. We have uh, a couple of different satellite options. We're on XM and free-to-air satellite. Uh, there's the webcam at cam.freetalklive.com. And listen lines. You can call in uh, to these telephone numbers that we have at listen.freetalklive.com and listen anywhere that you can get cell phone service or regular phone service, whatever. We make it easy for you. It's listen.freetalklive.com. Do you want to feel better and improve your quality of life? Join me by taking two capsules of New Zealand's Nature Bee plant pollen every day. Since I've been taking New Zealand's uh, Nature Bee, I have felt better. I've had better digestion. I've slept better. And this can, you know, this and much more, it, it affects people entirely differently. It depends on how you need micronutrients in your body. Here's Mike Buck to tell you why it's the best in the world. 
I'll tell you, Mark, unlike the rest of the bee pollen that you can buy all over the place in health stores and places like that, our patented process actually cracks open those tough cell walls, and that releases the full nutritional power. comes to you from the pristine environment high up in the southern Alps of clean green New Zealand. It's the original ancient dynamite of nutrition. Nature bee is not ordinary pollen. Our potentiation process really does unlock all of its incredible natural power. And unlike other expensive supplements, Nature Bee is truly bioavailable and absorbs quickly into your system. Highly effective, totally affordable. These days, listeners are really concerned with value and a money-back guarantee. What kind of a special deal can you cut us today, Mike? Free Talk Live, no matter how tight your budget is, folks, listen to this. No excuses. A huge six-month supply, $99.95 plus delivery, and we throw in three more months for free. I know that sounds like a lot, but if you do the math, it's 37 little pennies a day, and boy, are you worth it. Call toll-free and get it rolling right to your place right this minute. one 866 834-8355. Or, if you'd like to go online and check out the website and then order, it's easy. Nature B. That's naturebee.com. That's right, everybody. Come on. Be just like me and just do it. Call 866-834-8355 now. It's 866-834-8355 or go online to naturebee.com. Free Talk Live, give us a call at 855-450-3733. And, you know, this this idea that they've gone after uh, Adam Kokesh for just talking about who he likes in the election, Ron Paul, and I guess recommending that people donate to his campaign. Well, there's a difference there, though, Mark. You know, many people on the air, even Republicans at times, have spoken positively about Ron Paul. But mm-hmm. when you start... Telling people or recommending people donate to a campaign—that's sure. another story. That's that's the line according to the law. I don't agree with the law, right, but right. but that's how the law is written. I understand, but you know, I mean, do you, does should one have to be a lawyer in order to go on the air and talk about what's important to them? I mean, it, to me, it's a it's a freedom of speech violation. It just, sure, the, the recommendation, you know, the idea that if I recommend that you donate to someone's campaign, whether it's you know Ron Paul or Gary Johnson or whatever um, presidential campaign. Campaign, that if I do that, that somehow I am doing something wrong and some, you know, crack, crackpot uh, patriot website that wants to, you know, dump on RT is going to go after you for it. And, you know, it, I, I'm surprised it hasn't happened to Free Talk Live, frankly. Um, you know, I, I just I find it very disconcerting um, that, uh, you know, people there's these these little landmines set out there. You have no idea where they are. You step on them. Kaboom. Your career is over. And it's just, it, it's scary. It's scary. As a uh, broadcaster, I really feel for Kokesh in this, uh, in this area. How could he have possibly have known? He was just going on the, the television and talking about what was important to him. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it was legal. I don't know what the law is. I know that the law is written by people who do not have to obey it. That's what I know about the law. And a lot of the laws are written by people who don't want competition. That, that much is true. So um, speaking of Ron Paul, there's a story in the Atlantic uh, about uh, why are you scared of Ron Paul? Is that right? That's right. And, and this author, his name is Connor uh, Friedersorf, asked some very good questions, actually, in this article. Why does Ron Paul scare you, he asks. Say he's elected president. What's the worst thing that can happen? Be specific. And he's actually calling out to his audience to write back to him and, and discuss some of these things. Every pr- presidential candidate inspires voters to ask themselves, quote, if this person is elected... What's the worst thing that could possibly happen? Since we're risk-averse, 
The imagined answers that take hold are huge factors in campaigns. In 1964, when Barry Goldwater ran, the worst-case scenario in the minds of the electorate was, if he won, would there be a nuclear war with the USSR? Right, and that was what I believe planted by the Johnson uh, campaign was yes. uh, you know, there's this commercial with a nuclear uh, mushroom cloud uh, rising and do you really want to elect Barry Goldwater? I'm just making up the words, but I, I believe that this is what was done. I'm only you know relaying what I believe to be true. And there were some... There was a lot Please don't out- sue me, FCC. <laughs> FCC, excuse me. There were also some outright lies back then in the media about Goldwater at the time. Not that I love him because I, I was too young then to vote for him, but... Anyway, the article goes on. Four years ago, Hillary Clinton tried and failed to persuade voters that if Barack Obama was elected, the worst case scenario was a 3 a.m. phone call that he was too inexperienced to handle. Evaluating John McCain, a lot of voters, myself included, thought the worst case scenario was that he'd he'd die making Sarah Palin into the worst (laughs) world's most powerful person. So I got to thinking, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen if Ron Paul wins? And by that metric, how does he measure up to the folks he's running against? Don't ask why I chose him. It's obvious. Yeah, right. He's entirely different than uh, the the other three top tier Republican candidates out there. Um, you know, he's he's advocating all kinds of different stuff than they are advocating. Mm-hmm. The idea of him in the White House makes a lot of people reading this post uneasy. Despite my libertarian sympathies, meaning the, the writer here. Yeah. There is even a part of me that has always felt, without ever having thought it through, that putting Paul in the White House would be the biggest gamble of all, po- of all the possible candidates running in the GOP primary. His tenure might have tremendous upsides, zero imprudently launched wars, a resurgence of civil liberties, more transparency. But he's also a radical who wants to see more fundamental change than any other candidate. That much is true. He absolutely wants to see some fundamental change to the government. And that that is, you know, it's it's abundantly clear. I, I would weigh that against an imprudently started war by so many of these demagogues that are running. I mean, you know, the the kind of folks that run basically talk this God, guts and guns kind of uh, rhetoric and they whip the up the you know the base of the Republican Republican Party, so therefore the 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 most sort of militant ones, the ones are liable to get uh, elected. And do you really want a war with China? Do you really want a war with Iran? I don't. Me either. At this point, you're at, at, at six wars and counting. How many wars can the United States really afford? I, I don't think the United States could actually even <clears throat> fight a major, large-scale war with China, since China is providing the United States with so much of its equipment now. So, there They're, are a lot of people, and many of them uh, that vote Republican, that would really like to see China attack because they're dangerous. They're dangerous red commies. I mean, every time Rush Limbaugh talks about the Chinese, he says the Chai Coms. Yes, the Chai Coms. I mean, if that isn't intended to create enemies, I don't know what is. I'm shuddering just thinking about it. Free Talk Live, 855-450 free. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com.
Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. Give us a call. Talk to us about whatever you want to talk about. It's 855-453. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, or barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you some of the best prices on gold that you can get on the Internet. Go check out gold.freetalklive.com. Before you buy gold and silver from anybody, go to gold.freetalklive.com. See the uh, pieces and coins we have there. Not only will you be helping out Free Talk Live, but you'll be getting some great rates on gold and silver. It's gold.freetalklive.com. And uh, let's go straight into the calls with uh, Chris, Chris in Michigan. Chris? Hey, Chris. Hey, how you guys doing? Pretty good. Hey, uh, real quick, I just wanted to share a little story I had from a few years back. Uh, I was, uh, well, it was in the military at the time, and I was stationed out at Fort Carson, Colorado. Okay. And uh, uh, this is probably, I don't know, I think it was like in 04, 05. It was 04. I ended up getting into a car accident. The highway rolled by uh, Jimmy like six or seven times. How'd that and happen? Evidently, I took out one of those. Oh, well. <laughs> was alcohol the involved? Genius idea. No, no, no. Well, not not with me, no. Okay. Um, the genius idea of the government out there was to use sand on their ice instead of salt. Okay, so that's a bad idea. Yeah. Thaws out. There's yeah. So I hit a patch of sand, winding on one of the highways to the Rocky Mountains, and uh, rolled about six or seven times, almost onto another uh, over, just underneath an overpass, almost on another portion of the highway. But uh, in the process of doing that. Uh, evidently, I had taken out one of those little reflective poles on the side of the road, so uh, metal green deals with a reflective button on it. Was it? And, uh, hold on. Um, is it? Is it one of the government ones, which is sort of this uh, bent metal rail that has a, a, a rectangular green reflector thing? Or are you just talking about one of those cheap things that people put up next to their mailboxes? No, this is a government one. This is on the highway. So the um, at this point, I guess it didn't really Department damage your jeep anymore. You'd already rolled the jeep a couple of times, so uh, <laughs> yeah, you probably didn't so even it notice the jeep or the Jimmy. But yeah. yeah. So anyways, uh, so I went, you know, I paid my fines and whatnot, and this was in the process of taking a... There's a fine for rolling your Jeep? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you get a, you get a charge with careless driving in Colorado if you get into a car accident, even okay. though no other vehicle's involved. I guess <laughs> um, that makes some sense. All right. <laughs> to them. Yeah, but to, so, right. I mean, yeah. you know, the idea is that the fine will dissuade you from doing it in the future, I guess. You know, oh, it probably would have been more course. effective if they would have put some frickin' salt on the road. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. So I ended up doing that, and uh, this is this is far from the military installation. It was a couple hours away in Colorado. I took one of the guys in my unit to a relative's house uh, just for Thanksgiving. And uh, so I, I took care of all that deal, thought I paid all the fines that I had entailed with a, with the car accident. Of course. And uh, about a month or two later, I got a letter. I got a phone call from my folks back home in Michigan, and uh, they told me that I got a letter in the mail for uh, a bench warrant for my arrest. A bench warrant? I was like, okay, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah that's disturbing. Now, back then, I was pretty naive with the, the state and all, of course. I worked for them. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to go down there and take care of this. Oh, God. You know, I'm going to go turn myself in and take care of this. So uh, in Colorado, just like out here in Michigan, they do have a pickup radius. And I was far outside the pickup radius. So this bench warrant, in theory, if I would have never gone anywhere near that county, which since then I never have, they would have never been able to pick me up anyways. Interesting. But, uh, all right. So I was trying to do the right thing, and or at least at the time I thought it was the right thing. And I went down there with uh, one of my sergeants and... Get down there, and I say, hey, uh, talk to the sergeant at the desk there at the police station. said, I got this bench warrant. I want to come down here and talk to you guys about it. I don't want to get taken care of. They said, all right, all right well, yeah, we got we to put you on the holding cells. I here just as a formality. So throw some handcuffs on me and puts me in a cell. How long was this formality? Street, uh, four hours and some change. <laughs> and, uh, it's just a formality. They, 
<laughs> yeah, just a formality. And so then finally, uh, one, of the, one of the guards down there comes down to talk to me, and he says, well, the judge won't be able to see it on Monday, not a Friday. So it's a formality. And, uh, oh, my God, you went in on a Friday. Yeah, you really were naive. Um, so <laughs> it's a formality that you went into the holding cell, all right? And then it's going to so be a formality that, that your butt goes into jail and gets uh, three squares on a, <laughs> on a hard uh, concrete bed until the judge shows up. Well, what ended up happening was you had to be back in time for formation on come Monday morning uh-huh. at Odark 30. So that means I had to post bail. Oh, so God. that was, uh, I ended up having to pay them 300 bucks to get out of there. Okay. Well, it beats so spending, spending the night in jail. Yeah. Yeah. I'm missing formation and having to deal with those folks back at the base at the post. So anyways, I did that. And, uh, I did finally come back to talk to the judge after I paid the money to get out of there. And he's sitting in front of the, standing in front of the judge's little podium or his little stand there he has in front of his desk. And, uh, he reached the fines, and he tells me a reason why I got that bench warrant is because there was one of those reflective folds I'd taken out, and I hadn't paid my fine on it. I had to pay the fine. So I figured out what the fine was. The fine was 250 bucks. So I, I was pretty shocked by it. That's an expensive Honor, little uh, post. <laughs> so I told him, I said, hey, Your Honor, I can pick up, I can go around to Home Depot here and pick up one of those metal rods and a reflective button and put it in myself for way cheaper. He said, yeah, but that's not Department of Transportation certified. Right. Well, you know, yeah, you've you got to do it by them. <laughs> you know, I'd like to point out I've got a few of these things out by my house lying in the ditch because when they uh, go and, and do the plowing, the Department of Transportation runs them over and uh, throws them off into the ditch. So they run their own little reflectors over. Oh, that's great. And they yeah, don't have to so, pay. Hey, no. Yeah. Now, the moral of the story for me was I should have never went back in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> you know. The county since they never picked me up. You know what? You operate, people operate, we all operate under such fear from governmental organizations that I totally understand. I mean, you didn't know that they had some kind of radius of pickup for something like this. I mean, right, you very yeah, well could have been living your life five years later, um, living in, you know, Seattle someplace, and the, some cop pulls you over for some, you know, little thing, rolling through a stop sign or getting a speeding ticket or whatever, and you got a bench warrant in Colorado, and you've got to spend the next month and a half uh, in jail, all cr- you know, being transported across the United States by U.S. Marshals in order to work this out. I can assure you, friends of mine have had situations like that happen. Um, I mean, you know, I, I can, I, having been in prison, for those that have listened to the show for some period of time, know that I spent yeah. nine years in prison. I, I, I knew guys that were in for going to the convenience store without their driver's license on them. I knew guys that, um, you know, like trespassing. They went back to jail for all kinds of silly things. So will they come get you? Yeah, they'll come get you. So, I mean, I I understand why you did what you did. My my first and highest recommendation would be don't go on a Friday. Um, Yeah, I know that now. Uh, Unfortunately, I was was 18 at the time. Wasn't wasn't thinking. But you're trying to do the right thing. you're trying to be I'm honest. I'll tell you guys with my desertion charge. Yeah, well, it beats. Yeah, it beats a desertion charge. You, I'm sorry, you had a desertion charge. Yeah, yeah. What I happened there? Not at this story. I can tell you next week if you want, or I can tell you now. Um, yeah, uh, call desertion. us again with it. Actually, um, yeah, call us in. Uh, call in later with it. It'll be great. Wow, that uh, sounds like that, right. that sounds like George Carlin's story. Did you ever see that um, special? That remember when Dennis Miller used to do the show on HBO back in '97? Yeah, he interviewed George Carlin. On his stint in the military, it's hilarious. You can pull it up on YouTube, and it sounds something like that. 
I can tell you, um, you know, just having talked to many guys in the military, some of them will tell you, it's the greatest thing that I ever did. It taught me personal decency and respect and discipline. And, and you know, the, there's that crowd. And then there's another crowd that's like, you know, I, I went into the military. It nearly it nearly ruined me for working. That's what my uncle said. I mean, a guy I respect a great deal, um, you know, raised a, raised a family, uh, you know, made his life, done a really great job. And he's like, it almost broke me for real work because – I didn't learn how to do real work there. The, the whole your whole time for four years was spent trying to get out of work, and having been working for the state in in prison, I can tell you it's exactly what it's like. The bureaucrats, the the convicts, everybody spends their time trying not to work. How can I look like I'm working yeah. without working? Look busy, and it's it's disgusting. Disgusting. The more and, and people want to turn over the border to these people for, to, to the military. My God, you think you've got a problem with the immigration now? Turn it over to the military. These guys they get paid a, a third, a quarter of what the uh, the U.S. Uh, border guards get, so they'll be taking payoffs at a heck of a lot less. Mm. Free Talk Live. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. I just got word from Johnson here that looks like Steve Jobs is uh, stepping down as CEO of Apple. So that matters to you in some way. There's the news. Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. Um, we were talking about this article from the Atlantic Magazine here about uh, the Ron Paul campaign and what are you so afraid of? And I guess I would ask my audience that, uh, too. What What's the worst-case scenario if Ron Paul were to get elected? What What is the worst-case scenario in your mind? Because I'd love to hear it. Um, to me, I can find the worst-case scenario if one of these other sort of big government Republicans get, gets elected. I know what the worst-case scenario is. Nuclear war with one of the world's uh, you know, premier powers. Because you know, these people are dangerous. I don't even think that's fear-mongering, Mark. I think that's a realistic fear at this Isn't point. Isn't that pretty much what Sarah Palin um, threatened in the 2008 campaign? I'll blow them Ruskies off the map. I eat, de- I eat breakfast across from them. I mean, you know, <laughs> what? Whoa. I, I mean, you know, I can understand why people voted for Obama just because of McCain's bomb, 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 Iran and her, you know, I'm ready to blow me some Ruskies off the map. No, no doubt. Check out shop.freetalklive.com. It's a place where you can go, and we've got a couple of retailers there. Not only is Newegg, but Amazon. You can go through those links there at shop.freetalklive.com when you're doing your shopping online. And your prices won't be increased. You'll find the same great Amazon, same great products, same great service from Amazon. And you'll give just a little spiff back to Free Talk Live. 
we'd really appreciate it, and you'll feel a little better. You'll help spread the message of liberty by going to shop.freetalklive.com. I listen to a lot of different radio and podcasts out there, and here's a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy verbalsurgery.com. Tim Cummins, he has a way of getting inside your head and making you feel good. I listen to his podcast because it makes me feel better. As a matter of fact, I haven't listened in a couple of weeks, and it's probably been because Ian hasn't been around, and I've just been so busy doing things, and I really need the decompression that I managed to get from verbal surgery. I really do recommend this podcast. I really do listen to this podcast. Take a deep breath. Yep. And listen to it yourself. (sighs) See what I mean. Verbal surgery, even if you just have it playing in the background, it's subliminal. It gets into your mind and makes you feel better. Verbalsurgery.com. You'll be happy that you did. Wayne? So we were talking earlier uh, about an article in Atlantic by Connor Friedersdorf entitled, Why Does Ron Paul Scare You? And we were down to a few, few paragraphs down where he was discussing that Ron Paul is is a radical who wants to see more fundamental change than any other candidate, which we would agree with. Right, Mark? Uh, Yeah, he does want to see more fundamental change. I think this country needs fundamental change. And I think a lot of it's clear with Ron Paul being sort of, uh, you know, all the polls show him in the top tier at this point. It's clear that people understand there needs to be a radical change. They've seen what it's like to have Republicans in office in the last decade. They've seen what it's like to have Democrats in in, in office. And both of them stink. They're ready to try something else. More of the same. Yeah. And radical problems do require radical solutions. And Ron Ron Paul is least beholden to the political establishment. Right. He's... He's a Boy Scout, as you've said many times, and they don't have something hanging over his head. That's right. You knew that Bill. You know that the that 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 people had pictures of Bill Clinton with girls, and you know they were using them against him. They had to be. And at George Bush, I'm sure they've got you know with the cocaine and the you know the flandering before and the, the, the dropping out of the military and all that other stuff. I'm sure they had something over on him too. The kissing pictures with the sheiks over there and his dad being an oil man, his grandfather being some kind of. Uh, basically in a criminal gang of some sort, as I recall. Uh, Maybe it was great-grandfather. I'm not sure. But, you know, they've got... These guys are part of the establishment. Ron Paul, although he's been elected 12 times, they can't get him. He votes no on everything. He is not a politician. He does not politic with these people. Mm -hmm. Now, this author kind of questions his ability as an executive because he's never seen him as an executive because he is a congressman rather than... Uh, Gary Isn't that Johnson. the same argument? Isn't that the same? I, I, you know, I wonder about the Gary Johnson versus Ron Paul thing, mm-hmm. but you know, um, it, it would appear that the polls have spoken at this point. I don't suspect Ron Paul will be running again in 2016, and somebody will have to bear that torch. And I think that Gary Johnson's probably the best choice to do that at this point. I mean, I like. I was supporting Gary Johnson before Ron Paul really won the Ames uh, Iowa thing, and I I still think Gary Johnson's uh, uh, you know in a lot of ways a better choice. He's got the executive experience, and um, it's it, it's difficult to smear the guy. There's nothing you know going on there. He's uh, you know the vetoinist governor in the the history of the United States, and he was easily reelected. Yes, which is, so, says a lot. There's too. a lot I like about him. But the same argument that he's making about Ron Paul not having the executive experience is the same argument that one could make about Barack Obama not having the executive experience. Yes. So, And that's proven to be true in, in Obama's case. Yep. Yeah. Let's take uh, Kurt in New Hampshire. We've got a uh, Ron Paul worst-case scenario. Let's see, uh, see what Kurt's got to say. Kurt. There we go. Hi. 
Um, well, let's see. The worst possible thing that could happen if Ron Paul was elected was that he would get in, start working down things like debt and that sort of thing. The economy tanks anyway, and libertarianism and free markets and everything gets a bad name. Yep, uh, that is absolutely the worst thing that could happen. You're right. The, the fact That's is... I would hope that people understand that there's some bad medicine that needs to be taken, that um, you can't borrow your way to prosperity. And if you're, you know, I mean, any family, any group of people that has run up the kind of debt the United States has, I think more than 45, it's like 45 percent of its spending is debt. That that's they're digging a hole pretty fast at this point, and that if you're going to turn that around, that means you've got to pay off some of that debt. But you also a lot of it has to be liquidated. There's a lot of bad debt that can never be paid off mathematically, and the only right. way to really have a recovery is you have to allow the bad debt to be liquidated. And when you do, you're going to have deflation. But deflation is better for the average person. It's bad for debtors. It's bad for the big institutions. Mm-hmm. It's bad for government because they're a huge debtor. But for individuals, deflation is actually a good thing because any money you have or any money you make will buy more. Uh, also, yes. another point that would be made is Ron Paul would work very hard to get rid of the IRS entirely, not to replace it with a fair tax, but to get rid of it. And that would be pretty good for the economy. Be great so, for the economy. It, 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 what well, you're saying, Kurt, is it's a worst case scenario, and that would be a very worse. bad scenario. Yeah. <laughs> that would be bad. It's probably going to tank bad. before... Uh, any new president takes office anyway. The way things are going right now, I, I just don't see it holding up. Uh, they could pull another uh, rabbit out of their hats and, and kick yeah. the can down the road a little longer, but every dollar they're putting in now, they're getting minimal They tried results. to pull a rabbit out of their hats with this, uh, this, this last budget thing in August, yeah. and they weren't able to do it, and they're blaming it on the Tea Party. The biz- you know, they, they've stopped our business as usual in Washington. and To some extent, that's true, and admittedly the tea party didn't have the strength to institute something to fix it but they did have the strength to stop the sort of business as usual thing so it changed uh, the argument certainly it yeah. did that so that's a good thing and you know to some extent we're seeing the sort of uh, what the worst case scenario you're talking about kurt with the tea party because yeah. the tea party's sort of nominally uh, libertarian people are calling it that and stuff that's not the way i view it right. but um no definitely not well it not depends on which tea party right. you're talking about are you talking about the ron paul supporter tea party the original one or are you talking about the the part of it that's republican party co-opted well, I don't think that the average person sees a difference, yeah. and that's really the problem, is the media certainly doesn't see a difference. It's all the same thing to them. But the alternative to Ron Paul, what he would want to do economically, would be hyperinflation, which we're going to hit if, if things keep going the way they are, and that will wipe out everybody. Right. That will be more, a lot more devastating. And in, in Germany, back in the 20s, that opened the door for Hitler, because it was, there was yep. so much suffering due to hyperinflation. Indeed. Someone stood up and said, I can solve this, and he was believed. Yeah. That's right. Well, hopefully that's, at this point, scary. Ron Paul standing up and saying that he can solve this will be a very good thing. I hate to see, you know, I'd, I'd hate to see some kind of repeat of that with, due to, you know, with the hyperinflation and that kind of thing. You it, see, at least there's somebody filling the vacuum who actually is authentic and not a, a power monger. Uh, the, the, the ironic thing about Ron Paul is that he wants to get into power to give back power back to us as individuals rather than take power and, 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 um, He's not doing it for self. Yes, he's not doing it for self aggrandizement. Yeah, he's not doing it for self aggrandizement. He's doing it really for humanity. Look at the way the last election cycle ended. He stood up and said, fine, I'm not going to win. That's cool. But the message is what's important. 
Yep. And he's then he's yeah. giving the same what the same speech for thirty years, and, and he the, says the same thing and gets the message out, and the message gets gotten. And he uh, advocated people vote for third parties, and and that's really big right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of people yeah. are saying, "Well, I'd like a third option to vote for," and I think that as time goes by, that that can only benefit Ron Paul as people say, "Well, you know, there isn't going to be a third option because there's not going to be people." You could see it in this election, by the way, if the Republican Party really screws Ron. Paul over in this election. It's conceivable because he's already said he's not re- running for re-election. He already, I remember seeing that he's, he's uh, selling his house down in Lake Jackson, Texas. It's very possible he could run for president as the independent, even though he's not really talking about it right now. Interesting. Kurt, thanks for the call. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand, featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. Free Talk Live, 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. It's Mark. And Wayne. And we are bringing it to you live this Wednesday evening. We've been talking about the uh, Ron Paul campaign, among other things, and uh, get right back into that. Uh, Wayne, uh, is there more to this Atlantic article? There is. There's there's a bit more. But before we were so rudely interrupted, I wanted to discuss something really (laughs) quick. That's that's the name of the game here on Free Talk Live. People can call in, talk about whatever they want at 855-450-3733. But anyway, Mark, what I want to discuss with you on the air was was regarding a scenario where the Republicans don't really play nicely with Ron Paul in this primary season. And we we saw that a lot during the 2008 uh, run where, uh, you know, they, in Nevada, they actually they, they like closed the Republican convention and then reopened it after the Ron Paul people left and then voted on whoever. They, I mean, they yeah. did some really tricky stuff. Didn't sleazy. they arrest some Ron Paul people at the Republican con- National Convention? It was very sleazy. Yes. And, and in Nevada, there were a few other states, too. But Nevada, it looked like he was going to win. So they shut the whole thing down and met in secret. Yeah. It was very, very sleazy. But in this case, uh, a few months ago, I remember seeing that Ron Paul's house in Lake Jackson, Texas was for sale. He was selling it. Yep. And then maybe two months later, remember seeing that he wasn't going to run for Congress again for another term. That's right. Ron Paul is not going to run for U.S. House of Representatives for the 13th term. That's right. And so he was going to spend more time on his campaign. But what that does is that that hangs this big, big monster over the heads of the Republican Party because they have nothing to hold over him now. They can't say, well, you're going to lose your position in the Republican Party if you run, run as an independent. I mean, he can if he right, wants to run last as, time in 2008, he said flat out he wasn't going to run as an independent. And he's but still saying time, that now. No, he's not. I've heard him say that I'm not even thinking about that right now and that's a different statement than no i'm not willing to do that it's a pretty incredible little move on the chessboard if you think about it what he's doing right now behind the scenes and and if if for some reason he decides to run as an independent which he could do and he's done it before what that does is there's a big section or a big uh portion of the voter um roles now that are independent 
Oh, yeah. And then you have a, a portion of the Democrats who don't like Obama or is they're disgusted them, with Obama. They're calling them blue Republicans. Uh, we yeah. read an article about that in the, within the last and, week. And I think they're more likely to vote for Ron Paul. Yep. And then you have a lot of the independents. I, I would say he probably get the lion's share of the independent vote in this next election, I too. I think that that's, um, th- that's uh, pretty optimistic. But I do think that what the scenario says is it seems to me that in 2012, right now, as it appears, as a Republican is likely to beat Obama. Obama's very uh, weak on the economy and vulnerable. And I suspect a Republican, if they run, all things being equal, will beat Obama. However, if you have an independent thrown in there and a strong independent like Anderson or Perot um, have been in the past, one that's managed to run up through the Republican ranks and get all the name recognition that way, then people, even as a write-in campaign, at the very least, people will have another option. And you'll find many of the independents, maybe 10 percent, if it was 10 percent, Likely the Republican could lose at that point because, well, you know, the, 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 the sort of swing vote in the middle is going to swing towards the Republican, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get all that swing vote, then they're not. Then they're going to lose because there's enough diehard de- uh, Democrats out there that are going to vote for Obama and you know people in the government that are getting paid off. But, so. got, but Obama won with the independent voter last time. Yes, the independent voter is extraordinarily important. But I don't know. But Obama won with the independent voter and the Democrats. True. true. And there are enough. There's about thirty percent of the population that will always vote Democrat, and thirty percent of the population that will always vote Republican. So. When you see the numbers that basically it's a dead heat between the Republicans running against Obama right now. Bachman was at 44 at the bottom. Romney was at 48 at the top. And that's a 4 percent difference um, was what the you know, and Romney was actually beating Obama if the election was being had today. And I, ladies and gentlemen, here's my prediction. A 99.44 percent pure, just like ivory soap. The economy isn't going to get any stinking better by 2012. The economy's in the crapper and it's going to stay in the crapper because the people in Washington don't even know how to turn it around. They don't realize if you cut taxes, if you cut government intervention in people's lives, that you'll see more productivity. They don't understand that productivity has diminished sort of per person here in the United... Maybe that's not even true. That, that they're stifling productivity here in the United States with all their rules and all the money that they want for idle bureaucrats doing nothing, essentially. And that, that they're the ones that are ruining the economy. They think that they're the only ones that can fix it. Well, that's true. And, and the problem is they're of the mind that it's their job to fix the economy. Their job is to get out of the way and let us fix the economy. But they don't see it that way. And, they don't. And that's why I'm saying that the economy isn't going to get any better because there aren't very many people in Washington that really know that they're the problem. They're, they're, they're completely unaware of this. So that's why I'm saying that the Republican is likely to win in 2012 and that when you see Ron Paul, who appears to be poised for an independent run, if he doesn't get the Republican nominee not nomination, he's possibly get it. I mean, here in the way that they're running right now, he's neck and neck with Bachman and just a bit under Romney and uh, and Perry. In New Hampshire, where the, you know the Free State Project is, and you have that sort of rugged individualism, and the whole uh, the whole social conservative thing doesn't play. I've got an article here in some of my show prep from a little ways back, where you know it's uh, it's a warning to Rick Perry: Hey, that social conservatism doesn't play among Republicans up in New Hampshire. Well, what does play? Fiscal conservatism, and Ron Paul's got that, so he could show quite well. 
in the you know in in the runoff, and you know he 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 could do it. And it's it'll be very interesting to see. I'm not I I'm not putting money on it because I don't know how the you know frankly I don't trust their voting system. I I, I frankly believe mm-hmm. they'll they'll cheat if it comes down to it. But they've got they're going to have to cheat carefully because if Ron Paul runs as a spoiler, the Republicans are going to be screwed and. There's nothing they'll be able to do about it. They can't take back his uh, – they can't say, well, you can't be a Republican and run for your House seat. They can't do anything because, well, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, He can run for whatever he wants to run for. Let's go on with the article. So getting back to the article entitled, Why Does Ron Paul Scare You? by Connor Friedersdorf uh, on writing for TheAtlantic.com. It is so much harder to gauge what approach Paul would take to governing. Even so, I'm beginning to wonder whether my intuition that he represents the biggest gamble has led me astray. As I ponder the worst-case scenarios that Paul might bring about, they don't seem scarier than the alternatives. Let's be charitable and say, for the sake of argument, that the worst thing any other Republicans will do is start an ill-conceived war on the order of Iraq. Yeah, that, that would be that would be the charitable one, right? Because like, yeah. the uh, worst thing they could do is start an ill-conceived war on the scale of the Soviet, the Cold War. Yeah. Or with China. For, the tensions seem to be heating up with China as well at, at times. A little bit. I mean, but, but you know, the wrong president certainly could make that a, a much worse situation. Yeah. It's easy to imagine something worse, but it's enough to use three trillion thousands of American lives lost, many more seriously injured, and hundreds of thousands of innocent foreigners dead as our benchmark. After all, those are real figures from a conflict that we're still waging. Those are real figures. Hundreds, you know, it was it was more than a hundred thousand civilian deaths. How do we know that? The United States government said so. There are numbers that are significantly higher than that that other organizations have come up with. But you can't dispute the numbers the United States government came up with for itself, which was I think about one hundred twenty-five thousand. Conservative, at yeah. Best. <laughs> and if you compare that to World War II, that's it's about. Well, you don't have to compare it to World War II. It's about ninety-seven percent of the deaths in the conflict with Iraq were civilian deaths. It's sick. It's awful. The, the article goes on for President Obama. Say that the worst case scenario is destabilizing Pakistan. So much. Uh, much with his undeclared drone war that the country is uh, is plunged into chaos and hardliners either give a nuclear weapon to terrorists or start a, cat- a catastrophic war against India that results in a nuclear exchange. Right. So uh, this is the worst case scenario with Obama. Yes. Obama continues his war in Pakistan with the drones, blowing up people's weddings and uh, killing innocent people. And then all along, the administration denies it. No, no, we haven't killed any. All those people we're killing. It's amazing. These drones are magic. They're all They're Al-Qaeda. only killing terrorists. And uh, you know, there's, there's no, that's the claim. That is the claim from the State Department is there have been no civilian casualties with these uh, uh, in the last year with these predator drones. It's an incredible claim. Who, who, who would believe that these people would be so dumb as to make it? Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. The 
Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high visibility three dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9. Another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Go check out freetalklive.com. We've got archives there. At archives.freetalklive.com, going back to 2006, MP3 archives for you to download. It's completely free. You can go there and download every show for the last five years completely free. How many other radio programs do that for you? I don't think very many. Archives.freetalklive.com. How would you go about fixing this financial crisis that we're in? What's the single most important thing that could be done to fix the U.S. budget? Harvard economist Jeff Moran says the answer's clear. Go to excuse me, learnliberty.org slash FTL. Again, it's learnliberty.org slash FTL. Watch the short video. It's about a minute long. Uh, it's, it's got great graphs in it, and this uh, Harvard economist explains it to you completely. It's a great video to show your friends and family. Share it on Facebook. Uh, you know, people will watch it because it's only a minute long. You know, when the, when those YouTube videos start getting up to 15 minutes, it's uh, less likely I'm going to watch them. But these minute long ones, easy to, to to watch. Check out the Liberty Academy link on the right hand side of the page. It's a um, course for people that want free online continuing education and economics, philosophy, liberty and rights. LearnLiberty.org/ftl. We've been talking about the Ron Paul campaign, but it is the show about your call. So let's go to Kevin in Indianapolis. Kevin? Hi. Um, I'm hoping that I'm on the right track, and it, I couldn't get through the other night when you're talking about prisons in the, in Indiana and okay. how our, our prison's uh, population is higher. Is that correct? I think that the yeah, the idea was the prison population in Indiana had ro- had risen. They had raised the prison population, and the crime rate had correspondingly risen in indiana okay well let me let me you know how the old adage figures can lie and liars can figure they can certainly and i'd like to i'd like to give everybody the 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 other end of this that the comparison in the article was between the new york state prisons which had diminished population and crime rate had the crime rate had decreased whereas indiana indiana had increased the crime uh, that increased the prison population and the crime rate had increased and it's very interesting and i you know i I don't know what it's all about so tell me about it kevin what do you think a little insight into this from my perspective. The first is that, say, Newcastle, Indiana, they actually import prisoners from other states, i.e. Arizona. Okay. And that's, okay, but also... If anybody didn't count that, I mean, because states do this all the time, Vermont farms out prisoners too, if uh, if, if somebody didn't count that, their numbers stink, and they did it, they're terrible uh, statistician. statistician. Well, I agree, but I I think that's part of the reason why it's like that. It could be. And then also, and then here's another reason that's even more sinister, and this is something maybe your show could look into, 
Um, we don't investigate things, Kevin. This is it's okay. not like it's not okay, like we got a crack team, a crack team of investigators at Quantico that we can send out at, uh, to do these things. This is a this is a two guys that sit in a studio and talk about stuff. You're welcome to call in and talk about it with us, but that's it. Okay, well, maybe you ought to say first of all, my name is Bob, and I'm calling from Salt Lake, Utah. How's that? Because I don't want I I'm I'm really this is kind of sinister, but gotcha. I've I have been told by pretty good sources that like some of our judges here in the state actually own private jails. Oh wow! So if they're owners of these private jails, it's kind of in their interest to send people to prison. Forget about them because mm-hmm. they're making money off of it. And now, it's a, sounds- it, it equally right. in their interest to raise the crime rate, so that you know basically the crime rate is really just the conviction rate, right? Correct, and, and that's why I've called in about our town court system that we have in little small towns, and uh, they're able to do quite a bit of um, you know misdemeanor. And anytime the crime, if somebody is convicted of a felony, if they go through their courts, then they have to go to the next court system, which is the next step up. It's all just money making apparatus for them, and that that leads into the uh, statistics, the crime statistics as well. They, they will pursue things. In smaller towns that Indianapolis doesn't have the time to fool with, they just—they're not going to go after it. But when you have a, somebody commits a crime in a small town, they go after him because it's money in their pocket. Wasn't there a scandal in Pennsylvania about that, where a judge was found to own interest in a private prison? And they were sending—that was kids? with juveniles, and he wasn't yes. actually owning; he was getting a kickback from the uh, the the people. And and he's he's by the way in the pokey as we speak. Good, this is good. That's what the pokey's for. This is one of the reasons I really like your show, because you're bringing up um, areas that make a lot of sense. Just like when you're saying, well, how can we uh, lower the debt in the country? Well, I believe you we, you and I have talked about, I don't think anybody should have to pay taxes for school system. In other words, if you have a child, you pay for that child to go to school. Why are they taxing people that have never even had children? That's Seems right. And, and, you, and then you have elderly people who have paid uh, for those schools for decades now. And, and, of course, now the taxes are going up even more to the point where a lot of these people have to move out of their houses. And, you know, if you had a, a private funding or individual funding of schools, it doesn't mean the school can't do a fundraiser and people in the community can still donate voluntarily if they have the money. But there are a lot of people who can't afford these huge school taxes. Take anymore. a look at colleges, how they do fundraising. I mean, they manage to, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they squeeze people all the time. There's no reason that high schools, middle schools, and uh, elementary schools couldn't just uh, you know get a piece of that pie. Well, the colleges, are, though, are being propped up by the student loan programs now. There's certainly uh, government money. I'm just saying that the colleges are very good at doing fundraising. And we have high schools that are on the verge of bankruptcy here in their school system, but they'll build a $15 million football field. Right. I mean, it's just Does that make a lot of sense. You know, there's towns across America that are on the verge of bankruptcy, but they're still putting in roads and doing all kinds of stuff. Let's. Oh, we need new stoplights, bridges, a pedestrian bridge. And if that's uh, all they did, I wouldn't have any problem with it. Uh, roads are, are what they're supposed to be doing theoretically, and even with a small they're government. terrible at it, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> even with a small government. But the, the other things are doing, like building these huge sports stadiums that benefit a few people. Yeah. Convention centers and that yeah. the like, and, and yet you have really, really wealthy people who own these sports teams that can afford to build a stadium if they want to. The, the difficulty is, is that if, for instance, you've got uh, the, the the Poughkeepsie Parachuters, and uh, you know for whatever reason Boise was looking for a uh, hockey team too. If you don't do what the Parachuters want, they're going to go to Boise, and that can be, you know, that the the, the the it looks bad for the town in their opinion. 
And, you know, Prohibition, we were talking about that the other night. Do you, do you know they've now stopped online poker playing? So what people are doing, they're either moving to Canada or their buddies are moving to Canada and setting up uh, piggyback systems where people pay them now. And they're, they're still playing online, just costing yep. more money. And the government's not reaping the taxes they could be collecting. Yeah, they, they actually started that a few years ago, but they've been cracking down more and more because, you know, as you've said, people have found different ways around it, several different ways around the uh, online gambling. And people want to be able to play blackjack online in their underpants from their, li- from their uh, bedroom. <laughs> That's what they want to do. And the idea that here in America, in the land of the free, you, you've got go, to go get on a cruise to play blackjack and you can't play it in your underpants. You're wholly, uh, you're wholly underpants. So instead of prohibiting it, how about we tax it, make money off of it, fix our roads, send our kids to school that way? How about I, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the, the you know the the, the the government has no business taxing my uh, you know my gambling money. However, I suspect what you're talking about is the way that it would be uh, implemented. Um, you know, I mean, we just we just live in a paradigm where anybody you know any activity that you do, the government seems to think that it's okay for for you to be taxed on it. Kevin, thanks for the call. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. We'll talk to you about anything. It is Free Talk Live, after all, and it's Mark and Wayne. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733 is the SACL toll-free call-in line. Have you ever been the victim of an injustice? And I don't mean just, uh, you know, having been uh, the victim and therefore you're the plaintiff in a case, but the victim of an injustice, say the state comes after you and you need to be a defendant. But if you decide to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive and you rolled over and take, took the plea bargain or you just uh, ignored the situation... Think about Jurisdictionary. Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. Costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the four-CD course is so easy the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. Visit Jurisdictionary.com and download the free tools they have there for you. They've got a lot of free stuff, a free legal flowchart, free weekly tips and tactics newsletters. There's a free legal dictionary, watch free videos, and, of course, you can buy the course. Jurisdictionary.com. When you check out, make sure you use the pull-down menu and let them know you heard about it from Free Talk Live. It's Jurisdictionary.com. Wayne, you this I, this article, the never-ending article, because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, keep on getting calls, which is the, the name of the game around here. 855-450-FREE. Yes, we were talking about the article entitled, Why Does Ron Paul Scare You? Uh, out of the Atlantic.com. And we were discussing last the section where he was talking about some of the worst case scenarios for Obama to keep Obama in office. 
which look pretty daunting. For example, the further destabilization of Pakistan, yep. uh, maybe nuclear weapons to terrorists, uh, a well, lot a lot of resentment towards the United States over the drone uh, strikes that are happening. Right. What's happening in Pakistan very well could result in you know enough animosity towards the United States that some hardliners within their government say, Psst, fellas, here's some nuclear weapons. Go ahead and take care of the great Satan for us. I mean, this could happen. It doesn't have to be all of the government. It just has to be somebody who's in the right place. That's right, because Pakistan does have nukes, and so does India. But blow, So blowback is right. inevitable. So, so the concern is that Iran will get nuclear weapons, but for some reason or another, the United States thinks it's okay to use unmanned killing robots in the sky on a country that does have nuclear weapons. I mean, I don't mm. get it. Yeah. Nuts. So what's the worst that Ron Paul could do? Try to get America back on the gold standard, only right. to find that he doesn't have the votes in Congress to do it. That's uh, by the way, this the, this author here is actually asking that that very question, and I would ask anybody the, that very question: What's the worst thing Ron Paul could do to this country? Because a lot of people say, "Oh, Ron Paul's nuts," and I'll tell you who's nuts: the rest of the candidates are nuts. Yeah. They're a bunch of bloodthirsty killers. Yeah, that- do you remember in the last debate when Romney said, "I want to ex- I want to make uh, 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 Guantanamo bigger." Yeah, he wanted to expand Guantanamo Bay. I mean, you know, these people, these people are that's nuts. nuts. That is nuts. And so, um, you know, what is the worst case scenario if Ron Paul gets elected? Please call in, tell me what's the worst case scenario, because I can tell you what the worst case scenario is with the rest of these politicians. Now, though this author thinks Paul has some radical domestic policy ideas, uh, he just doesn't see any of them getting passed into law. And in foreign policy and national security matters, the areas where he would exercise the most unchecked discretion. He is the candidate you'd least expect to unwisely provo- provoke or launch a war. Of course, and right now the United States certainly can't handle a seventh war. <laughs> no, nor could we afford it, even with, with the money. That's printing. what I meant. I, yes. mean, I don't mean handle uh, the military, I suppose. I don't know. Maybe I could start drafting people or something. That's right. Of course, some folks like Dick Cheney, Bill Kristol, John Yoo think that the Ron Paul approach to foreign policy in itself is dangerous, weak need and bound to empower our enemies. If we don't keep growing the military, keep troops, toeholds in numerous foreign countries, and shape geopolitics through force, we'll be less safe, these men say. Well, that's what a lot of people will, will um, seem to think this, that, well, if, if we don't act like the world's uh, empire, somebody else is going to do it. Well, what if two or three or four people do it? And what if um, nations say, you know, you can't act that way or we're not going to do business with you? Right. I mean, there's a lot of nations that don't want to do business with the United States, and that's how they sort of end up being on the S list, you know, the, the axis of evil. The axis of evil is just a bunch of people that say, tell the United States to take a long walk off a short bridge. And there's also a lot of uh, dictatorships that are sponsored behind the scenes by the United States, and as soon as that dictator doesn't toe the line, there's a war against him. That's, uh, you know, that, that appears like to be Noriega, what's happening in, 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 Libya, in Syria now. Um, Syria, yeah. Egypt, So you yeah. name it. But the author says, I want to hear from everyone else, because I think that some, conserv- some conservatives, liberal- liberals, and independents dismiss Paul without forthrightingly attacking any position that would plausibly become policy if he were elected. Granted, I'm sure that I, I have blind spots here. I'm inclined to support civil liberties, uh, civil libertarians who want to end the drug war, shrink the deficit, and bring home the troops. Especially- me too. Yes, me too. Especially those that happen to be issues upon which I, I place especially high priority. So what am I missing? I'm asking in earnest. 
Paul is widely treated as a fringe candidate. Lots of folks Top seem to now. think that the notion of him getting elected, elected is scary. So be specific. What's the worst that could possibly happen? And why does it frighten you more than the scenario for the candidate you back? Because I, like you, Mark, think these other guys scare me a lot more than Ron Paul does. It sounds like this guy was writing this to Democrats, you know, they because uh, he really just outlined uh, Obama's foreign policy and what it could result in. But I really think that it could, you know. <laughs> he talked a little about the neocons, too. But Obama is behaving just like Bush did, really. I mean, a lot of the things he's doing in his foreign policy are the same. The rhetoric, the, the social rhetoric domestically is different. But the foreign policy, the overall picture is not that much different. We said uh, here on Free Talk Live, you know, hail to the new chief, same as the old chief. Uh, the fact is that Bush made the largest um, single increase in the United States healthcare system prior to Barack Obama making the largest increase in the government intrusion in the United States healthcare system. So, you know, this is <laughs> Barack Obama is just George Bush's third term. You know, I tell I have, I have Republican friends who are rabidly anti-Obama. I tell them, well, what's the difference? Oh, Obama spent all this money. Now we're trillions in debt. But you see, if you pursue these Keynesian policies, Obama had no choice. If you right. if you're a Keynesian, it takes more and more and more money to keep the economy on life support. Right. This, well, it's a natural progression. Bush did essentially the same thing with the uh, with the initial bailout, or was it TARP? I can't remember. Yes, right? the original remember. The initial TARP. That's right. It was the TARP or the bailout or whatever it was that that occurred first. It was already in the ditch when when Bush left office. Right, and you know he did the first thing. So if you know the the whole miss me yet with George Bush's smug picture on there, um, no, I don't. Goodbye, good riddance. You. St- and you know that you told me a lie about being for small government when the when the rubber hit the road when the things got scary he said let's use more government let's bail out these banks let's use a bunch of poor people's money to bail out a bunch of rich people for their mistakes and make it so that they're not responsible for their actions obama's doing the same thing and i just get so sick of being forced to choose between syphilis and gonorrhea i i wish it was uh, such a clear case i mean it's it's frankly it's frankly choosing between uh, you know which full colostomy bag do you want you know it's just it's disgusting the 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 the, the, the options that we have uh, here between you know which bloodthirsty dictator do we want and admittedly there have certainly been more uh, you know dictators that have been worse on their citizens but i imagine there are some people that don't that think the united states is probably the worst country uh, on foreign people's citizens mm-hmm. and you know I, I is there an argument to be had from a historical standpoint, I would say the United States probably not, but they're certainly in everybody's business. They're in everybody's business up to up to their necks. And, and if McCain had won the last election, would things be that much different today? I would say probably not, because McCain is not really a, a so-called fiscal conservative anyway. No. He talks the talk here and there, but he's really not. And again, if you're a Keynesian, which Republicans and Democrats are, the, the, if you take Keynesianism to its logical next step and logical conclusion, they would have had to run these deficits anyway to keep everything um, propped up so that it wouldn't collapse and we wouldn't have that liquidation of debt. Keynesianism is a, a type of economics that's contrary, that basically believes the government controls the economy. And if you want to look it up, it, it's spelled like Keynesianism, K-E-Y-N-E-S. They believe, yeah, they believe in bailing people out and, and keeping the government and using the government to prop up the economy and prevent recessions. Named after Maynard Keynes. That's right. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. 
As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes feed the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Go check out the cam at cam.freetalklive.com. We can wave to you. You can hear the show. You can uh, see the show. And, well, you know, what there is of a couple guys talking in a radio studio. Some people really want to see that. Plus, it's a really great chat room there. We can talk to lots of folks. It's cam.freetalklive.com. Let's go to, well, real quick. You know that cigarettes are likely to kill you. <coughs> They're not good for your health. Not too many people would say they are. You know, they used to be a um, tobacco used to be administered by doctors uh, back in the uh, 17th and 18th century as a as a health remedy. Not so much anymore. Uh, you've probably been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try. It's a healthier option, 22,000 times healthier. Listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start. Being richer, feeling better, and smelling better, what more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers. That's the little things that hold the the nicotine. And with coupon code FTL, you'll get a free starter kit. Uh, Of course, you'll get free shipping because it's an order of $60 or more. Go to Vaporsmiths.com or call 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Mention Free Talk Live or Vaporsmiths.com. Use the coupon code FTL. 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Vaporsmiths.com. Let's go to... Jericho in Virginia. Jericho. Hey, how's it going, guys? All's well. What would you like to talk about? Hey, uh, called you one day last week. We were talking about Ron Paul again. Uh, I didn't get to one of my other points. Make it real quick here. Okay. Um, one of the presidential candidates for uh, Republicans is uh, darn white. I just forgot his name. It's Rick Perry? Gentleman. Romney? No, not the African-American gentleman. I forget his name. Um, uh, Her- Herman Cain. Uh, Herman Cain. There you go. Um, they were talking about Herman Cain saying, well, he's never held a public office. Actually, they asked him that in the debate. What makes you qualified for president? You never held a public office. His reply was, well, all these other people that have been running the country have held public offices. Where did that get us? <laughs> you know? And uh, I was listening to a radio talk show. It was the uh, Mark Levin show. I'll, I'll say it right here in front of everybody. And he was bashing Ron Paul. He loves to. I believe in liberty. I hate Ron Paul, who believes in liberty. (laughs) (laughs) Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? But he had a caller that was backing Ron Paul, and basically he belittled the guy and belittled Ron Paul and said, well, you know, Ron Paul, blah, 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 blah. He's never never been an executive. And George Bush was an executive. What a decade. I mean... Basically, all these people are trying to write off Ron Paul, and I don't a thousand percent agree with everything Ron Paul says and does, but just like the other gentleman on your show just said, you're sick of the choice of gonorrhea or syphilis. You know, yeah. what, what, what is the big harm here? I hope people are listening. You know, big harm in trying something else. Yeah, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it's the same thing we've been doing over and over again, and the, the idea, you know, the Republicans, the Democrats, it's the same stuff. Same stuff. 
And oh, yeah. the idea that we're going to get something different by doing the same thing is ludicrous. I know that the people, the, the type of people that vote tend to be sort of, uh, you know, staunch in their beliefs, and they're less likely to have their head turned by a new type of candidate. But that's what we need, people. We can't keep doing the same thing we've been doing. I agree with you, Jericho. I don't agree 100% with what everything that Ron Paul said in the past and you know there's certainly things about the candidate that i don't like but i like him a heck of a lot more than i like the other candidates i know what they're about i've seen right. these same sort of uh you know plastic soulless individuals run for president year after year after year term after term after term and it's just you know I, yeah i you know i can't get excited about voting for these people yeah i have an opinion question for you if you look at the core values of Republican beliefs that way back when, doesn't it closely mirror what the, Liberta- the Libertarian Party is now? I, I don't mean, know. I don't know that that's the case. Are, are, are true Republicans because Republicans aren't Republicans anymore. Well, if you look at the 1984 Republican platform, it, looked, it sounded very Libertarian. Well, that's yeah, Ronald Reagan had a lot of libertarian ways about him. He had a lot of libertarian things to say. But Rhetoric, they, didn't, yes. they, didn't, they didn't really act that way. And the, and the thing about Republicans is they've moved through a lot of different areas, um, you know, in the past. And as have Democrats, it's uh, the parties have changed over time. So I think it's very right. difficult to to characterize that, you know, libertarians are the real conservatives. I think people will say that. And I used to feel the same way. And I don't know that it's even true anymore. I, you know, I, I, I just I get really muddled when I start looking at the history of these things. And the word conservative is, is, is kind of muddy. It's, it's changed. Same thing with the word progressive or, or liberal. The liberals used right. to be the, the libertarians, and then the progressives took the word liberal over because the word progressive had been besmirched. Definitely. And it's definitely a progressive movement now. I don't see where the progress is, but that's what they call it. So. <laughs> Anything else, Jericho? No, I think that's it, guys. Have fun. Thanks very much. Let's go to Tom in Missouri. Tom. Yes, sir. Appreciate your program a lot. Sure. I, I, uh, free talk live. Uh, I'd like to just mention a few cool facts, or I guess uh, tr- tr- truthful facts. Let's hope. Uh, when it wouldn't be facts was, without uh, it, right? Huh? They wouldn't be facts if they weren't truthful. Uh, they were uh, when Bush was in office. He, uh, what they call the uh, the tax breaks. Uh, what they call that uh, capital gains tax. Yep. He dropped out a great deal, and you take the yes. average worker in America. I think I'd be I'd be surprised if there's one or two percent of them that actually are involved with capital gains tax. The capital gains tax means that's a rich people that have an excess income above what would be a standard working man's income. Well, hold on, wait. Let's and, let, uh, let me explain exactly Obama what capital took office. He he had a chance to repeal that in those uh, taxes, but he didn't. He kept the same tax on, and they say they're strapped for money. Yep. Now, let me, let me explain what capital gains tax is really. If a working man or anybody can have capital gains, and capital gains is simply an interest or some kind of gain on an investment that you would then be taxed on. And as far as I know, that there's no below, you know, low threshold. It just has to do with how much money you've made in the year. What is true is the capital gains is taxed at a lower rate than the average worker's pay is. And uh, what, what's that really rich guy? Uh, Rupert Murdoch said that uh, he pays le- less in, as, a te- as a percentage in taxes on what he makes than his housekeeper does. And this is likely a true statement. So the I mean, many people have a property problem with capital gains tax. And I believe that, the, that 
all taxes are stealing. However, I kind of see the point that if you're going to steal from people, you should steal from them all the same amount. So I, I get I get that idea behind capital ta- gains tax. Go on, Tom. No, capital gains tax is for rich people. If you got a fifty million dollar investment, and next year it's worth uh, sixty million. You got a ten million dollars capital gain. That's true. That's but if, if you sell, if you have a fifty, average man has got that problem. But Tom, if you have a fifty, if you have a fifty dollar investment, and the next year it's sixty, actually you have to cash it in to get capital gains. But you cash it in if you put fifty dollars into an investment and cashed in and got sixty, you'd have ten dollars in capital gains, and you'd still have to pay taxes on it, as I understand it. Isn't that correct, Tom? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes, I understand it too. But uh, how about I'm talking about the amounts of the yeah. capital gains tax? The amount, of the percentage, the the, the actual uh, amount of tax you have to pay on capital gains tax, which is it's a sliding scale. You know, the more richer you are, the it comes down some. But Bush drops it way down, and and Obama decided to keep it. What good does it have to get Obama in there? Although I do prefer him to Bush. Bush got us into a war with uh, so-called, so-called mass destruction weapons, which they never found. But Obama and, hasn't uh, gotten us out. And uh, He's made it worse. Obama's kept the war rolling right along, yep. like, like Eisenhower once said, is it military-industrial complex? Yep. I guess you'd... You sound like is the bankers industrial? I I, I I don't know, but I figure the way that uh, I figure the way it is is they must have something over the guy. Either a he was lying the whole time he was running, or b they've got something really big. I don't know if they're threatening to kill his kids, or they've got him cheating on uh, Michelle, or what they've got on him. But he he is doing nothing like what he said he was doing. Oh, and he was spouting off up, he was at, do, up at one of the auto plants about repealing NAFTA and all uh, a few of the. Um, uh, interest that like NAFTA and GATT actually call this campaign. They said, oh, don't worry about it. He was just spouting off. And that's what politicians do, especially establishment politicians. They're trying to be something to everybody. And they go to different groups. They, they, they speak different things. And, and, you know, whenever the media is promoting a candidate, whether it's Republican or Democrat, those are the ones you don't want to vote for. <laughs> I think uh, what I was thinking, one thing I was getting at really is the, uh, as the wealthy I'd rather pay a wealthy man's tax than pay my tax, so to speak. Indeed. Uh, and I don't think they're, they've dropped their tax way back at what it used to be when Bush was in office and Obama kept the capital gains tax in place. He didn't repeal it. That's correct. Tom, thanks for the call. Thank you. It just goes to show you, Mark, that, that they don't mean what they say. And, and they get everybody <laughs> every talking. Every American knows this. I mean, yeah. every American knows innately that when you see a politician's lips moving, that they're lying to you. But somehow or another, they keep voting for the same ones over and over again. They're the same stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, the same people that will tell you that, you know, you know a politician's lying when their lips is moving won't vote for Ron Paul because he's scary. They're going to vote for the same people. That's right. The bully's going to lure you into the alley and beat the crap out of you again. 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 Your and kids again. cannot afford this people you need to change your ways you cannot just keep on sticking your heads in the sand free talk live Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, SACL CAI, a big sponsor of Free Talk Live, have been for years. Go check out their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page, 855-450-3733. That phone brought to you by... 
the principal over at SACL CAI, Jason Osborne. And thanks to him. Let's go to Johnson in Connecticut. Johnson. Hey, so I just wanted to call in and mention something, and this may be a very brief call if you've already talked about it, but um, in the last hour you mentioned uh, Keynesians, and I just wanted to bring up a, a fairly famous guy who tends to attack libertarians all the time, and I think Wayne is aware of Paul Krugman. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, did you hear about, uh, this was sort of making the rounds, a lot of blogs and whatnot were posting this. I'm still not not sure if this is real, but apparently um, on his Google Plus profile, and this is typical Keynesian economics, he posted that he thought that the earthquake should have been worse. It's not. Uh, so that it would have benefited real. the economy. It's not real, but this is typical Keynesian economics. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. How do you it. know that it's not real? Because all these other blogs were reporting that it was real, and it's in fact since been removed. And the um, was actually removed from that profile. And all those other blogs were doing mea culpas um, at uh, you know later on today. I mean, I checked into it. Okay, so best, you've seen that. Okay. Best I can tell is it's not true, but that. You know, who would be so silly as to put out, um, you know, a statement like that because it would just uh, turn everybody against him? Uh, He's done things like that in the past. He has, yes, uh, yes, uh, you know, he certainly believes in the broken window fallacy, the idea that uh, it's good for the economy when crap gets, when, when things that is useful, things that are useful get destroyed. The idea that we have to replace useful things is good is ludicrous. I mean, if that was a good idea, then it's a good idea for your family if you go out and throw gasoline on the top of your car and set it on fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, go ahead, Paul, give it a give it a match, throw a match on it. Yeah, because because then you'll have to buy a new car and you'll put those people to work to Indeed. build cars. Well, I mean, it's it, and this is this is what it all boils down to. It's not good for the economy. It's a bad idea, Johnson. Appreciate you uh, bringing it up because we did have to. It, it I didn't have the opportunity to discuss this, and it has been making the rounds, as you said. But you know, the first thing that entered my mind when I heard about the earthquake down in the Washington, D.C. area is what's happening underground with all those bunkers and underground shelters and, and, and bases they've got. Boy, that must, there must have been some havoc underground. Politicians do love their underground bunkers. Yes, they do. Thanks for letting me know also that it was fake because I didn't know that. So that's that's uh, just the best time. That's the best I can say. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know 100 percent either. No one knows anything 100 percent. Johnson, thanks for the call. Uh, you can give us a call at 855-450-3733. Let's go to you got anything else to say on the uh, the Paul Krugman thing? No, Paul okay. Krugman. I, I, I don't want to waste my breath. <laughs> He is not a favorite in the libertarian community. I certainly uh, not not a fan. Well, he's he's just another Keynesian knucklehead, as far as I'm concerned. He's the, probably the biggest Keynesian knucklehead, as far as uh, having the microphone. He's the he's grand poobah of Keynesian knuckleheads right now. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it's it's Mark with you and Wayne. Let's go to Joe in Virginia. Joe. Hey, uh, uh, Mark. Hey, Wayne. And hey, Wayne, I love your shirt. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're watching at cam.freetalklive.com. I, I am, I, and I'd like to t- uh, take issue with some of the things that uh, the gentleman calling about the capital gains uh, tax was saying. I, d- okay. I don't think he, I don't think he heard you when uh, when you said that you don't get charged capital gains tax in, in, until you sell that asset, mm-hmm. and that's kind of important. And then he kind of made some kind of reference to it: the capital gains tax being lower for rich people. That, that's ludicrous. It's the same. Uh, for everyone across the board, and isn't yeah. people. So it's, it doesn't matter whether your capital gains are ten dollars or ten million dollars, right? 
Right. I mean, it's okay. still, I think, 20, I think it's 28%. Yes. But even uh, middle-class people uh, pay capital gains tax. I mean, let's say the yeah. people that buy gold and silver uh, from Midas cash it down, uh, in, uh, down, uh, down the road a bit, they're going to pay capital gains tax on it. If a person who owns a home sells it for more than they bought it, they're going to pay capital gains on that, too. And is it, Now, capital gains is 28%. I'll, I'll, I'll admit, Joe, I am not an expert when it comes to the tax code. My wife does, uh, does the taxes for the house, and the government government uh, demands that uh, we turn in this piece of paper. She spends like 40 hours a, a year on it, and it's an incredible amount of work. But um, now the 28%, isn't the top tax bracket 35%? I, I'm not sure. I okay. just saw 28% uh, that's income tax. Uh, on a web right, that's income dealing, tax. With, dealing with selling gold coins. So frankly, 28%, um, I thought it was 20% was capital gains. Um, it, it, might have been, it might have changed. I don't know how up-to-date this one page was. Okay. And, and another thing, and what really, really tweaks me is when, you know, liberals will call up and say, well, the rich don't pay their fair share. Well, here's a couple of uh, things to, to think about. A, who defines what a fair share is? Right. Nobody and knows what B, fair is. Right. Fair, fair is an individual statement. And despite the and fact that the, the so-called rich, uh, are don't, uh, they're able to get out of a lot of taxes, the top 20% in income in this country pay over 80% of the, of the income taxes. Well, that's what I was going to say. 49% of people who file pay no income tax. How about they start, uh, you know, paying their fair share, right. too? And uh, it's it's like half of the people actually file, too. I did the math on it, and it's 28 point something percent of people actually pay income tax in the United States. Mm-hmm. That's people who right. pay one dollar. I'd love to see a flat tax. I don't want to. The flat tax scares me in that, um, you know, there are advantages to it. The first thing I want to see before a flat tax gets implemented is I want every single other tax removed. Uh, just you know, nothing, nothing else, and the only uh, the only people that should have to pay taxes, in my opinion, are corporations. And here's why: because the government doesn't own me; it didn't create me, but it does create corporations. So if it creates an entity, then that entity it has the right to own its labor and its its money, and. You know, everybody, obviously the consumers, the consumers are the ones that pay taxes. But if corporations were the only entities that had to pay taxes, you'd find more people that would then be driven towards the person, the sole proprietorship kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And you'd see the litigious dis- society sort of dis- disappear to some extent. And you'd because- see more, more small business. You'd see more decentralization. And uh, there's a woman named Catherine Austin Fitz. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she refers to our present system as the central bank warfare model. And there's a lot of truth to that, because uh, according to um, the Grace Commission back in the 80s, every cent of income tax that you pay goes to interest on the national debt. It doesn't even go to run the government. So the system that we have now really needs to be reformed radically in order to get people back to work and get the right incentives in place to rebuild the economy. We just don't have that right now. Joe? Yeah, well, all right, that's, that's all I had for you tonight. But uh, good show, and I enjoy it. I appreciate it, Joe. Glad you like my shirt. <laughs> you know, this this whole this is the thing that he was talking about fair, and it's it's really true. There's no such thing as fair. I'm talking about a way that I think taxes could be more fair. He's talking about a way that he thinks taxes could be more fair. Everybody's idea of how taxes could be more fair. And when he said flat tax, by the way, I was immediately thought fair tax. So I yes. I kind yeah. of 
it, I wish I had been listening a, a little better. But the whole the whole present. idea of taxing what, the fruits of someone's labor to me is anti-American. It's what it's anti what this country stands for. If 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 you're going to have any taxes at all, they should be small excise taxes on consumption. Uh, in certain areas, but the problem with the whole fair tax thing is that if you institute that, they're not going to get rid of the income tax. They're not going to do it. Well, the, the fair tax would be, yeah, the, the, he wasn't advocating that. He was advocating the flat tax, yes. which is a different uh, different thing. And the, the flat tax makes a heck of a lot more sense to me than the, the fair tax does in a lot of ways. The but flat tax. Yeah, the flat tax makes makes more sense to me than the fair well, tax Well, you know, it's funny. I, I remember I was helping my dad clean out the house years ago when they were moving and ran across some of his tax returns from the 50s. And the entire form was a half a piece of paper. If you took a piece of 8 by 10 paper and you cut it in half, you turn it sideways like this. It was just a small little form. You know, you felt it out. That was exactly yeah, what uh, it was that big. Steve Forbes was pitching um, back in, I think it was 2000, when he ran on the, the flat tax. And he was saying, you know, let's make it one sheet of paper. And at the very least, that makes some sense to me. The the fair tax, this consumption-based tax that's hidden in the price of things, I don't like that. I, you know, to me, that doesn't seem fair. The fairer tax to me is tax corporations. Those are entities the government created. I'm not anti-business. Yeah. I'm anti-people being uh, not not accountable for their the bad things they do and i'm anti-litigious i think that the uh, you know the, the the litigious society is created by all these corporate veils free talk live hi i'm mark craighead founder of crossbreed holsters are you looking for a concealed carry holster Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous SuperTuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your SuperTuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Are you tired of watching the value of the dollar plummet? Are you tired of banks charging you fees? Do you want to take back control of your own money? Take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. It's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world, and their value, well, you know, it's been doing better than the dollar, I'll tell you. <laughs> it uh, Since they, they cleaned up the, the mess with mybitcoin.com, they've bounced back a little bit. I've been keeping an eye, and um, I'm still a fan of Bitcoins. Just because there was a, uh, just because somebody got, a bank got robbed doesn't mean that Cash is no longer any good. Uh, go check out Bitcoins at WeUseCoins.org. Just find out more about this. Even if you don't get any, you want to know what they are. WeUseCoins.org. They could very well be the currency that changes the world. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. Let's go to Gene, the Christian anarchist calling from Tennessee. Gene? Well, hi, guys. Hey, Gene. I wanted to uh, tell you what I think is the worst thing that could happen that could happen if we elect Ron Paul to the presidency. What is now? I know you're a Ron Paul fan. I'm very interested in this. I am a Ron you Paul. Do, fan. You do, do, do love the, your your ironic twists too. So lay it on me, Gene. <laughs> well, the worst thing that could happen if he got elected is he could sell out to the establishment and become just like every other politician that ever got elected to the White House. 
Well, that's the worst thing, but it really seems like a highly unlikely scenario, doesn't it? I don't think that's likely to happen. But, I mean, it, so people that want to put their energy towards somebody's presidency, it really should be Ron Paul's, because that's the worst that could happen, is he would be just like a George Bush or just like a John McCain or just like a Obama. Seems like a highly un, un, unlikely scenario. And, you know, I was thinking about this during the break. I'd, I'd said, I don't know what they have on Obama that's making him not be the guy that he campaigned as. You know, maybe he's just a liar. And it certainly wouldn't be the first politician that promised a whole bunch of things that he didn't deliver on and, in fact, did the opposite of. Well, but, I think he just... I think he just wanted a four-year vacation myself with all expenses paid. Well, she's a senator. I mean, what kind of vacation do you need from that? Well, well apparently he's got a good one. It's uh, his own private 747 flying all over the world at his beck and call. That's a pretty nice vacation. Yeah. I'll tell you, being president, you're going to really miss that, you know, because it's got to be pretty tr- pretty tough going from eight years of being, and, and not that Obama's necessarily going to get eight years, but most of presidents do, going from eight years, you know, being just treated like a, a king. You are a king. You're the king of the world, essentially, to go into, I don't know, sitting on your ran- ranch in Crawford, Texas, I guess. It's very stressful, though. Look at the how presidents age in office. Even Obama, you can see how much he's aged in the time, the short time he's been in office. It's it's uh, must be a very very difficult job, regardless of whether you sell out or not. It's eight years, man. I've I've, I've, aged, I've aged being on the show over what nine years or ten years or whatever it is. Nine years uh, on Free Talk Live, uh, you know, put me next to the. I guess how old would I have been? The thirty year old Mark that started the show, and uh, it's a different uh, different ball game. I, I, I don't know if it's stressful. <laughs> not like yeah, a president. You're falling apart, Mark. Well, at 40, at 40, I'm certainly not falling apart yet, but not the guy <laughs> I was at 30, I can assure you of that. Who is? Hey, I just started doing karate, and we do yoga, and uh, I'm almost 60, so. Well, I, I wish got, I had you your kind of spare of time, years. Gene. <laughs> you got you got plenty of good years left in you. Wish I had that kind of free time. You know, I've got a partner who's in jail. Ian's on day fifteen of his uh, his uh, vacation in the uh, the keen wonderland that is the county jail, and I've got to run the whole boat here. He's doing a good job too. <laughs> you are doing an excellent job. Now, I wanted to, uh, since we talked a little bit before I got on the air about what I was going to say. Of course, I I already said what I wanted to say about Ron Paul and kind of got off on the sidetrack of how I've become an agent for the man. How have you become an agent for the man? You, Gene, Gene, the Christian anarchist? Gene, the Christian anarchist, is now a federal agent. And uh, the way that's come about is because, since we're employers now and we have several employees in our business, we have to uh, fill out or have our employees fill out something called an I-9. Well, besides the W-4 where we have to you know, steal their money and give it to the uh, the thugs in Washington, D.C., we also have to fill out something called an I-9 form, which says that they're citizens of the United States, and so they have to fill out a part. Then they have to provide me with identification proving that they're U.S. citizens. Well, mm. you know, I have never, and I have to, I'm supposed to fill out this form saying that they look like, you know, they look like official documents to me. Well, I've never been trained in detecting counterfeit documents. Well, that doesn't matter. They'll so, throw you in jail for it anyway. Right. Well, so what I've quit, I've quit filling the form out. I still, 
ask for the ID and I have the employee fill out the top part, but instead of, you know, writing the numbers down of the identification and certifying that they look like they're official, I'm just making color Xerox copies of them and I'm stapling that to the back of the form. And if they ever ask me about it, I'm going to say, look, I don't know if these are counterfeit or not. You tell me. You're the experts. <laughs> seems, so, seems reasonable to me. But you know, the, I, the it's, it's tough to be in business. You, the government turns you, if you're in business, the government turns you into its slave. And by that, yeah. I mean they force you to do work for which they do not compensate you. Your compensation is the ability to do business. That way they won't bust in your door and point guns at you and, and make you shut down. We let you live. Yeah. Hey, hey you want to do business? Fact, you want to do business in our neighborhood? Yeah, you're going to have to do business the way we say to do business, huh? And that's the way it is, not to mention the fact that my wife is a doctor. We have a medical practice, so we have all the federal regulations on top of that regarding drug prescriptions and everything. They can, you know, we had the uh, state inspector come through. We've been in practice seven years. The first time they came through and looked at our, our drug cabinet and, you know, found things they didn't like. And so we're waiting for a letter out from them to tell us, you know, how to straighten up our act and, all this, all these worthless eaters that we pay good money to come and harass us. We are totally out of our minds. <laughs> well, tell me, how, how has this health care bill affected you so far? So far, it hasn't helped. It hasn't made a lot of difference. But the end effect is going to be smaller reimbursements for practitioners and those in the medical field and more work. So they're going to increase the amount of work you have to do to collect a smaller amount of money for reimbursement. So that, the end result is that doctors are going to make less money. Yep. Some doctors are going to retire. Yeah, they are. And then you're not going to have people to see you when you're sick. That's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, if, you, if you're asking yourself, you know, what, do I want to continue working and making less money or do I just want to retire? Yeah, and even before this, doctors' income had been down in the last 20 years substantially because of all the other eaters that are in the system that are taking a lot of the money in the health care transaction. And the care is not getting better. The care is actually getting worse because you wind up, you know, the, the, the ones that do stay in business have to see more patients per hour and so on and so forth. So it doesn't, it doesn't make care better. It makes care worse. Gene, thanks for the call. 855. You're welcome. Appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. The SACL toll-free call in line. 855-450-3733. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond, TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert Ilya Zlobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. It's 855-450-3733. It's a SACL toll-free call-in line. If you're tired, if you're frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live, 
and you're tired of the oppressive state or municipal government getting into your business and personal life, and if you knew that thousands of liberty-loving individuals from all over the country and all over the world were moving to the same state and getting active and have had measurable successes up to this point, would you join them? You can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. Go there, sign up for the Free State Project, move to New Hampshire, and enjoy uh, you know, the, the struggle to find a better, more free place, to make a more, uh, more free place. Because not only is New Hampshire the freest state in the union, there's a possibility that we're going to be able to make it even freer than it is today. We've, free staters have been elected to office. Uh, 14, I think, believe 14 of them are in the state house, and uh, many municipal and other positions all over the state are occupied by free staters. And this is having a real effect. And I think the first and most important effect is because a lot of people want quantifiable effects now. Well, what what if, what regulations have you gotten rid of? Come on, to be able to undo a law, you need a majority, and legislators haven't been doing that anywhere and you're not getting that where you are but we have the libertarian veto currently right now there are a hundred people that are endorsed by the new hampshire liberty alliance as sort of libertarian-ish sort of 80 percent libertarians um a b plus grade or something like that and above more than a hundred that i think it's 125 they have a b plus grade and above and that is absolutely the margin by which something would pass or fail. Abs- mm. You can't you can't pass or fail something without a hundred people on your side, um, hundred and twenty five people on your side. So the libertarian veto is alive and well in the state of New Hampshire, and you can see what's going to happen here by uh, going at freestateproject.org and signing up. And back about five years ago, an early mover, Don Lincoln, got the homeschooling uh, regulations greatly reduced from where they were. Yeah, there's, uh, they're, they're more palatable than they were, that's for sure. I've got this story out of uh, Pixic.com, P-I-X-I-Q.com. It's, uh, it's like one of those mirror word palindrome or something. I don't know. Not exactly a palindrome. Anyway, apparently at um, an Ohio congressman has cops confiscate cameras at a town hall meeting. So this uh, this 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 fella here, this uh, Chabot, uh, Representative Chabot, has had the police confiscate the the phone the telephones and the cameras of everybody who's in a town hall meeting in his district. Who do these people think they are? Hoping to prevent an embarrassing uh, YouTube video from making the rounds, Republican Congressman Steve Chabot of Ohio ordered police to confiscate cameras from people attending a town hall meeting Monday night. The result was two embarrassing YouTube videos that are sure to make the rounds. The first video shows a police officer confiscating a video camera from a woman in the audience as television news videographers record the interaction, the same, which means that, the, of course, the television news people can have their cameras, but not, the, not the, the citizen. The second video shows a police officer confiscating a man's iPhone as it recorded, capturing the dialogue between the two. Cop tells the man he's not allowed to record the event to protect the constituents. Hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we don't want anybody here videotaped. Of course, the cameras are uh, from the news places are. Me- meanwhile, news uh, crews are videotaping openly outside the meeting. Chabot signs uh, had signs placed along the stating, uh, stating that cameras were banned for security purposes. The citizens were part of a group who had gathered outside the meeting to protest against Chabot. But the videos show that they were not disrupt- disrupting the meeting, even when the cops confiscated their cameras. So. 
even though news reporters were allowed in the meeting um, to record the meeting, only two Democratic-leaning sites had the story up as uh, as of this writing, um, written by the the same reporter. And it's it's amazing that well, I mean, these, the hubris of these people. They think they could just take your cameras. They don't need to be recorded. Let's go to Jeff in Indianapolis. Jeff, hello, hello. Yeah, hi. Um, as an American citizen, I want our government to manage the situation. I don't really want them to change things. I want them to manage. I'm sorry. What's I, so, you want? I want them to manage things. Okay. okay? Uh, the one thing I like about dictators is that they're very corrupt individuals who are easily bribed. Okay. Which means you can manage them with money. Yeah. Now the one thing I myself and you and the CIA and Obama have in common is we don't know what the hell is going to happen next. <laughs> you okay? mean as far as the economy goes or just in no, general? I'm talking about Libya and Egypt. We have Israel surrounded by Arab countries whose governments are disintegrating. Yeah, that seems pretty accurate. Okay, and what I want my government... Look, uh, are you familiar with World War II in Yugoslavia? Uh, when, when, when the German SS, who by any objective standard was the most brutal people on earth, went into Yugoslavia, they called Hitler and the boys up to Berlin to look, after watching what the Serbs and Croats did to each other, and told Hitler and the boys, look, you guys can invade anybody you want. You don't want nothing to do with these crazy people. And they never did invade Yugoslavia. All the surrounding countries, they did. Now, what's the moral of this story? Well, you have somebody named Marshal Tito who ran Yugoslavia as a dictator with an iron fist for 40 years. When he was dead, before his body was even cold, the United Nations split that country up. Why? Okay. Because they knew it was going to be all-out war immediately. We got rid of this one guy. Maybe you might know him. His name's Saddam Hussein. Uh, the Sunnis and Shias started killing each other almost immediately. Pretty close. Yeah. I mean, he used okay. to had an iron we, fist you, and kept them together. That's right. And that's what you need to have over there. Uh, I, I, well, hold on. Things. Before we go anywhere, Yugoslavia was this sort of patchwork country. Uh, you know, I mean, you can see by the breakup that, uh, right. you know, it, it was just a bunch of different peoples put together. And and frankly, so is Iraq. I mean, you can see with all the straight yep. lines that it's not a, an organic place. Why do we want to have the Kurds, the Sunnis and the Shiites living in the same place? Why can't they have their own sort of autonomous regions and rule themselves? Okay. The worst disaster ever to befall mankind was World War I. Certainly up to that point. War, yes, at the end of World War I, they, the Ottoman Empire, they Collapsed. split it up without any knowledge of what uh, uh, religious beliefs, tribes, and, ever, and there's been nothing but constant warfare over there ever since World War I. Indeed. Um, the World War I, I, I would agree with you entirely that World War I created World War II and many of the conflicts that and, have and come go back, go back to General Smedley Butler's book called War is a Racket, and, and he actually lays out exactly what really happened there. And you're right. Yeah. It, it was really World War Two. in hindsight, is just a, was a continuation yeah. of World War One. It's just World War One Part Two. It was never. It was the worst disaster ever to befall mankind. And look now, at all the borders that it changed. When I was in San Francisco, I was in, I was by this graveyard and I seen all these gravestones with these little sheep on top of. Sheep. And I said, "What was that from?" I said, it's "World War One." A guy told me that historian. That's what he means. Well, to feed all those troops, they are they they put animals with them, pigs. At the end of World War One. Influenza epidemic killed 50 million people worldwide within seven months. 
And what's that uh, have to do with sheep? They were all children's grave. Children's grave. How awful. Now, but how is that connected to World War One? I'm, I'm a little confused. No, what they did is they housed all the farm animals with the troops to feed them. Uh-huh. And so that caused the influenza? Uh, the influenza is spread by the pig. I see. And when after the war was over, within seven months, 50 million people were dead. Well, because that's... the troops went home, they carried, it, they carried the uh, virus with them. It was a worldwide pandemic. I, I, you know, I'm going to look into this because I don't know anything about what you're what you're talking about. But it doesn't sound impossible either. Um, Usually, know, these viruses don't hop from animal to human, but you know they can mutate sometimes. That's right. And what, the thing is, you take for example, uh, what what's happened in, in the Middle East, for example. The, our government these these take positions where they manage things. You could have managed the whole situation in Egypt and Libya with money, with just simple money. But pay off the dictators some more. Mm-hmm. I think That's that it's right. it's the government's management of uh, it's the government's management that that created the situations in the first place. And uh, the last thing I want them to do is to manage it anymore. Because when these people manage the situation, they create disasters. Jeff, I do appreciate you uh, giving us a call at eight five five four five zero free. It's a SACL toll free call in line at Free Talk Live. Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. Spendbitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From spendbitcoins.com, you can spend your bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend bitcoins, go to spendbitcoins.com. Free Talk Live, it's Mark with you. And Wayne. And uh, you you might be able to sneak a call in here and be able to get under the wire at 855-450-3733. But, uh, you know, last segment. Wayne, uh, you you got a story about some really strange stuff coming out of NASA. Before we get to that, are the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer? No, says Steve Horowitz. Go to learnliberty.org slash FTL. See a video by Steve Horowitz that shows that the rich are getting richer and so are the poor. Find out what income mobility is and you can see it all at learnliberty.org slash FTL. When you're there, check out the Learn Liberty Academy link on the right. It's a course for people that want free online continuing education and economics, liberty, rights, and philosophy. It's learnliberty.org slash FTL. I've been going through the Learn Liberty, excuse me, the Liberty Academy at learnliberty.org also slash FTL. So go check it out. Learnliberty.org slash FTL. Well, Mark, what do you think of this? If you heard this headline, aliens may destroy humanity to protect other civilizations, say scientists. I'd say that we're talking about the weekly world news um, and, and you'd see it right next to Bat Boy. Yes. Well, apparently there's some uh, scientists who are affiliated with NASA. And originally, by the way, this actually mentioned NASA in the headline, but then they had to take it out, apparently, because these scientists seem to be uh, saying these things independently of the agency they work for. But uh, when we see what a mess we've made of our planet, they say extraterrestrials may be forced to take drastic action. 
It may not rank as the most compelling reason to curb greenhouse gases, but reducing our emissions might just save humanity from a preemptive alien attack, scientists claim. So hold on a second. <laughs> the aliens are going to measure the carbon uh, dioxide in the atmosphere and decide that we are not worthy of life because... Apparently they claim that the, the difference in the um, gases... Uh, uh, around Earth can be detected from space hmm. from far away. Well, and, I, I and wouldn't. I would not claim to know what um, you know. Some other uh, you know race, some other super space being might be able to detect where and how. I have no idea. Because they say watching from afar, extraterrestrial beings might view changes in Earth's atmosphere as symptom, uh, symptomatic of civ- a civilization growing out of control and take drastic action to keep us from becoming a more serious threat. The researchers explain. This highly spe- speculative scenario yeah, is one is of pretty... several described by a NASA-affiliated scientist and colleagues at Pennsylvania State University. That, while considered unlikely, they say could play out where humans and alien life make contact at some point in the future. You'd think at the very least the aliens would uh, give you a little warning. You know, <laughs> hey, you yeah. guys... Cut drop, the crap. Drop the methane in your, uh, speaking of drop, uh, the cutting the crap, drop that methane uh, content in your air and uh, we'll let you live. Uh, you, you know, I mean, this, is, this doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, I saw, I, I saw some uh, research that apparently plants do better in carbon dioxide rich environments and to the point that they actually use more carbon dioxide. And this is one of the sort of holes in the, uh, the global mm-hmm. warming thing. Now, I understand the carbon dioxide in models, if you, uh, that will, it, it is a greenhouse gas. There's no doubt about it. It will warm the atmosphere, um, in models, but. I don't think it's all the information that you can uh, can can come up with. I mean, for one, uh, uh, methane is a much bigger greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide is, and I've seen you know, you know research that says that you can do more for the environment by driving a Hummer and being a vegetarian because cows produce methane. Your demand for them, uh, you know, produce you know causes more cows to be uh, de- created and used and that kind of thing. So. Um, you can do more for the environment by driving a Hummer and eat, being a vegetarian than you can by driving a Yugo and eating meat. Mm. Well, you know, if you think about it, Mark, the way that humans relate to one another using force and violence is exactly the way a lot of humans re, uh, relate to their environment. They don't care. They they. they 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 treat everything with disregard and disrespect. Well, one of the reasons that it, that that is is because people don't own their environment um you know when it comes down to you know different practices as far as industrialization and stuff goes these companies they're they're immune from lawsuits because only the biggest groups can go after them and uh, you know the, the the civil courts have made it essentially impossible for the little guy to go after the big big guy in these circumstances and they're not responsible they don't even own their land in many cases they're they're using federal land and they're just going to act like a renter mm-hmm. if you've ever seen an apartment after a renter's moved out not every renter but many of them you know they're they're, they're not motivated to take care of property the same way an owner well, is well even if a big agribusiness company owns big swaths of farmland they still don't have the same incentive to take care of them because if they if they mess up the land they just go to another country and do the same thing there. 
But even even if this whole but those big agribusinesses aren't held accountable in the courts That's for right. uh, what they do. So if they use uh, you know say they create Roundup resistant crops and then they spray everything with Roundup in order to kill off the weeds except for the crop, and then that Roundup the extra rolls off into a river someplace, makes or they its create, way down to or the they create a whole Delta. or they create a whole new class of super weeds that that, that, that are immune to Roundup. Certainly, uh, you know that this this has been claimed. I don't know anything about it, but it seems likely that's what. Those, the, the, that's what uh, evolution does. And then all this stuff rolls down in the Mississippi River and creates a dead zone the size of New Jersey. No one's holding these big agribusinesses responsible for that. No. Uh, Parker's, Daniel's Midland or whatever and, uh, and Monsanto, they're not responsible for that. They're not being held responsible for that. That's the reason that, <clears throat> excuse me, that I choose to eat organic at my house as, mu- as often as we can. We're by no means religious about it, but we grow a lot of our own food, and we do it in an organic method. And the reason that we do it, the reason we do it is because I believe that that is immoral. I believe it's wrong to treat other people's property that way. And by buying those people's produce, I'm supporting them and their activities. Well, that's a good point, Mark, because a lot of small farms are much better than uh, a few big ones. Because if something goes awry on one big farm, a big chunk of the food supply is gone for a while. Yeah. And, and of course, when, when you have these huge farms, you have to ship the, the vegetables, the fruits, uh, longer distances. Sure. You, can't, you can't pick them as ripe yeah. so that they're not as nutritious, and they can become contaminated in, in transit, and, um, but they're less fresh. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's the bottom line. The local farmer, when you go to the local farmer's market and you pick up that tomato that's really was just picked right off the vine that tomatoes morning. Tomatoes are the single best example. I mean, there's yeah. really nothing that tastes like a fresh tomato. But even if, if you've you, never had tomatoes that are fresh, you, go to, you get them at the grocery store, even the ones with the vines on them, people, mm-hmm. they're cardboard. Because they pick them green and ship them 3,000 miles. They just, you, they just, you just can't do it. I, if, if nothing else, grow yourself some tomatoes just to try them. It's, it's an amazing experience. experiments. So but, what, tell me about the space aliens some more but, here. Yes, but getting back to the story, they have a, there's a few possible outcomes they talk about, and and you know we don't have much time to finish uh, talking about them. But the whole the whole scenario is somewhat absurd, and and some of it sounds like sort of an agenda or a, some scaremongering basically to um, uh, push the the global warming uh, buttons to thing. A, I mean, to an crazy. absurd level. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me, uh, you know, why they would say this. I, do I believe that there are there's life on other planets? I think it's statistically it'd be impossible for there not to be life on other planets. Uh, I mean, is it possible that some of that life has uh, evolved to the point that it's taken flight into space? Well, I, the, the certainly the chances diminish from is there life on other planets? Uh, you know, can it? Do they somehow travel faster than light? Well, I don't know. Is it possible? I don't know. Recently, they, they claim to have proven, and I believe that it's not possible, to travel in time. I think if, if, they would have tra- if, if people could travel in time in the future, you'd have found one of them by now. Maybe. They would, have, they would have messed something up because there'd just be so many people and they'd have so much of this technology. It's like everybody with a smartphone. If your smartphone had a time travel app, every jackball would be heading back in time in order to you know catch that uh, you know turn the right direction at the stoplight so they don't catch the other stoplight i mean it would it'd be crazy i don't to me it doesn't make any sense i'm going back to the 1925 world series <laughs> what happened there is that the black Sox? <laughs> no no i'm just saying it random i think i, I think see. the yankees won I that year like but, but i'd like to see babe ruth hit that would be fun 
It'd be interesting to see him. I've heard uh, I've heard people claim that uh, Babe, Babe Ruth is nothing compared to you know athletes that have had compete against black athletes. Yes, and I think that's an interesting claim. I don't know. Certainly, there are a lot of black athletes. Does that mean that I think that black people are better at sports? I don't know. Maybe maybe there, they are. There was in the Negro leagues at the time. There were there was a fellow. I forget his name. My son I've knows. This, yeah, and, and he was. They say he was he was the the Negro League Babe Ruth, and mm-hmm. he was even better than Babe Ruth. And and the claim there would be, well, he didn't play against white people that uh, you know had better training and all this other stuff at the time. So who knows? And there were also some very very good managers back in those leagues. Mm-hmm. But, but I digress. Yeah. Uh, Space but, aliens. But the, but the alien thing is interesting to me because uh, I think it, it's so it 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 takes a lot of these these scaremongering things and, and conveniently packages them into. Uh, a space aliens uh, story. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't think too many people are motivated by this, and it seems kind of laughable. I it, mean, that's that's the way it looks to well, me. If you had any doubts about NASA jumping the shark, <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't they getting their funding cut? It's been Free Talk Live. Mark with you, Wayne. Thanks, Wayne. Good night. <laughs> 